Jack Crikey. What's up, listeners? Welcome to Predator vs. Movies. <laughs> I'm Alex. I'm Aiden. And no Peter. And this is a podcast where we discuss and review the latest movie releases. We're going to start off with a non-spoiler review before diving into a deep discussion of the film. And then we're going to ask the most, most important question. Would this movie be better if the alien from Predator was in it? This week, we're going to be reviewing Extraction 2, <laughs> starring Australia's own Chris Hemsworth. Um, and there is my lovely Australian accent but before nice. we get into not it bad. yeah thank you uh i was not practicing um before we get into it we're going to talk some news uh so sure. today on the day of our recording we're recording this early this week um a little series dropped marvel's yeah. secret invasion now aiden you've had a little bit of trepidation around this series <laughs> uh and they're that has only been feel, that has only been yeah. validated since. I was gonna ask, do you feel validated now coming today? <laughs> yeah, I I certainly do. I like I've been like even from the moment the first teasers drop, where it's like okay, maybe a couple cool images in there. I've had no faith in this show, and I think mm. that that has been all but confirmed as it has come out, gotten very poor reviews. And has included uh, an opening sequence that is created by artificial intelligence. Uh-oh. And so the the creator of the series has come out to say that there was artistic intent behind this. Uh, he claims that it's like how the scrolls are posing as humans. It's the computer posing as humans. That's such bullshit. That's like It's like yeah. the Flash... CGI things where they're like it's supposed <laughs> yeah. to look like that. It's weird because yeah. uh, light is weird when you're in the speed force. It's like no, you're just you're taking shortcuts that save you money. And when people complain, you're coming up with reasons that are supposed to signify artistic intent, and that's not what's happening. It's just yeah. sad. I definitely, I definitely think it's dumb for like Disney to be saying that as if it's like like I I actually think that there is AI has the potential to be an interesting tool in some cases. Like, mm. the reality is AI is coming, and so, like, it's going to be implemented into various things in various ways. And so, if, say, like, a smaller film was, like, using it and weaving it in to something to make the, a similar point, like, there might be something there. I don't, I'm not necessarily endorsing that, but I'm saying there might be something there. But for Disney, who, ba- like, this like basically runs like a monopoly on the film industry at this point like Mm -hmm. to be doing this and like responsible for creating a lot of jobs and stuff to 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 like just be doing it for like an intro sequence that most people are gonna skip but like regardless an artist could have been paid for that like yeah like this is this is dumb that's not true it's also just sad like people have been saying an artist could have made something that looks like what an AI can output. So if your goal was to make something that looks like AI, hire someone. It's just the fact that they're, instead of paying someone money, they're stealing other people's work because that's how AI works. Um, It also occurred to me in the run-up to Secret Invasion and hearing the negative reviews that, like, I've kind of, like, a a little bit later than you, but, like, I I feel actually free from the Marvel shackles. This is... (laughs) I think the first marvel project that i'm just straight up not gonna watch um yeah i unless there's like really good reviews for later episodes i it sounds bad and why would i waste my time watching that so 
I and looking forward at the Marvel release calendar, the things don't excite me anymore. There's I feel like they've kind of lost their grip on the connective tissue and what used to be fun is no longer. So uh, no. sad day in Marvel world, but uh, all things must it, come to an end, I suppose. Yeah, I think death a good day overall. Yeah. A good day overall. Um, if it means the death of the MCU in its current state, I think that's a good day. Fair enough. Um, in other news, I mean, just kidding. Trailer Park. Vroom, vroom. Speaking of the trailer park. Thank you. Speaking of Marvel, we got our first look at Craven the Hunter, starring Aaron Taylor yeah. Johnson. Um, Am I crazy? It's like, it this? looks kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so trash. Like, it looks trashy, but it looks fun. There, like, there are multiple shots where I'm like, oh, sh- oh okay. <laughs> like, okay he's, really? just, like, he's just a little lion guy, and he's going ham on some guys. I'm, yeah, I'm vibing with this. When he's, like, biting people, and then, like, he keeps, yeah. like, like, ah, like, was, and, like, the shot's, like, affixed to the car. I was, like, oh, that's kind of fun. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, uh, also, I think it's very funny. They have, like, the rhino teaser at the end of this. Mm-hmm. And do you think they're going to pull an Amazing Spider-Man 2 in which the rhino is prominently advertised in the trailers and then is barely featured in the movie, if not to come I hope so. End? That would be a very funny <laughs> gag. But I think I've heard that it's actually played by Paul Giamatti, which would be fucking hilarious oh, really? if he reprised his role as, like, a terrible rhino. Um, I'm getting attacked by a vacuum cleaner. Um, but yeah, no, the Craven thing... The weird thing about Craven though, is that they've decided to make him, like, an enhanced individual. So I don't think yeah. this is true of this comics I, I could be wrong well but he's sometimes he's bit by like a, a magical lion or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's we... very funny actually i know so, a little bit about craven so like in the original here, yeah. one he, he well i don't like i've read like a little bit of the ultimate comics so i know that in the ultimate comics he starts out as like an australian like reality tv kind of like what's the guy's name who he passed away recently but people love him um the like crikey hunter like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Steve though. Like that kind of right. Yeah, yeah. That kind of like reality show where he's like out in nature and stuff. And he like goes to fight Spider Man for his show and gets his ass kicked, but then gets powers. So like there mm. is like and he becomes like a sort of enhanced like part lion thing. But I don't okay. I think in the original strain he's just a very good hunter and then maybe gets powers at some point, but yeah. Yeah, the Ultimates comics are weird and that's the one that's yeah. the universe where Miles is from and they try to do more what they what they thought were like more realistic versions of all the Marvel heroes. Um, yeah, and they tie everything we, to like Oscorp, which is kind of dumb, but yeah. Yeah, they do some weird stuff in that uh, universe, but um, honestly, I think it would have been fine if they just said he was a guy who was like really into hunting. I don't know if they needed yeah. that. I think he, if they he really seems to, like if... he seems to harness the like the chi or like the living energy of animals, which there are other heroes who do that. And I was like, I don't need Craven to also be that. He could just be You could literally crazy just do guy. the Revenant. You could just do the yeah. Revenant where he like he gets mauled by a lion and he just like Ugh. <laughs> and he just like wakes up and is like very good at it. Like and just miraculously recovers from it. Like a movie we're going to talk about today. <laughs> miraculously ah, recovering from injuries. True, yes. 
Um, it all, the movie, trailer also stars um, Russell Crowe, who is hemming, yeah. hemming up his role. I think that's going to be fun to watch him play. Yeah. That. Um, what else can we say about this trailer? There's a bit with the spiders, and clearly this is some Spider-Man reference, but yeah. vague enough that I have no idea what they're trying to was, evoke here. <laughs> I was going to say, do you think there's going to be like some dumbass like, post-credit scene where he meets up with like Vulture and Morbius or something, and they're just like, hey, do you want to go fight the spider guy? And he's just like, I don't know who that is, but yeah. <laughs> I sincerely like hope. <laughs> yeah, no, I sincerely hope that in every single one of these, they just keep doing the same post-credit scene, but adding one more guy. So it's just like a traveling band. <laughs> so like this one, there's two guys. We brought more beats. The next one, they add Lion Guy, and then like you know, oh man. Yeah. Because they keep putting yourself in a position where. Their characters are good guys. Like, the characters of these movies yes. would not fight Spider... Why would they be fighting Spider-Man? But they have to make it so that they are going to. This, it's, it's so stupid. Um, I, I sincerely hope we get a Sinister Six movie at some point with all of these guys. Because I know it's going to be fucking crazy and probably yeah. not good. But I want to watch it all the more. Um, actually, I will be we there. have some... We have some news on the Sony MCU, or the Sony CU, or whatever they call themselves. Um, El Muerto is delayed oh, yeah. indefinitely because of the writer's strike. Right. It was flip-flopping for a bit, right? It said there was, like, a little while ago it said it was delayed, and then it was said, no, it's coming back, but now it's delayed again. Yeah, I heard it was... Someone had a rumor that it was dead, and then somebody else said it was going to start shooting... And then I guess they read the script and realized it was bad. <laughs> and then they were like, well, we can't fix this now. So uh, they, yeah, it's indefinite. Um, good. Because I don't, like, I guess they're trying to monopolize Why? on the fame of yeah. Bad Bunny. Like, it's a Bad Bunny vehicle. And if we can yeah. throw in some IP in the mix, all the better. But, I mean, I've, we've seen this from this weekend, IP alone or the past weekend, IP alone is not even driving consumers anymore with um, right. the kind of the failure of The Flash. And The Flash is like a, a relatively well-known product. Like yeah. people know that the show, The show got like 10 seasons or whatever the fuck. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know how they thought that was ever going to stand a chance. Um, so yeah, El Muerto seems to be Muerto again. Um, yeah. Anyways, we have does some other trailers. Dead? What does that mean? Yeah, it means dead. Uh, oh. Which is why I thought that was so funny, but no one liked my tweets. Uh, we People got another trailer. That's true. Neither do I. Um, for Luca, it's Luca Guadagnino, right? The guy who did um, so. Bones and All and, and uh, Call Me Call by, your by Your Name. Yep, and some other things. He also did this uh, show, um, the show, We Are Who like We Are, for HBO. Yep. That's a good show. Yep. I yes, like that show a lot. Uh, starring Spider-Man's own Zendaya, uh, there's a new movie called Challengers, and so it's in, set in the world of tennis. Uh, it also stars Mike Face, I think his name is, from yep. um, West Side Story, and another yep. good-looking gentleman, and there seems to be a love triangle uh, in tennis. Yeah. I, yep. I think it looks great. I, I think, uh, like... Coming off of Bones and All, I which I think we both felt like was a letdown, but had something that has a lot mm -hmm. of potential. I still think that there was like clearly a strong directorial vision somewhere in there. So I I definitely have faith that this is. I think it's also up his wheelhouse. So I think that this is going to be something that is going to be quite good. 
Yeah, I like how it's it's also set during two different time periods. Like, there's a time jump, and Zendaya yeah. just like cuts her hair. <laughs> She's like, yeah. I'm older because I have a bob now. <laughs> like, that's but that's all they do. It does much. make her look significantly older. I will say she does look older. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and um. I just remember there's that one shot in the trailer that's the POV of a tennis ball. That was like, I was yeah. like, whoa, that was really yeah. sick. I am still reeling from that and wondering how they pulled that off. I imagine it was like a spinny little guy. I don't think they had a camera sized tennis ball or tennis camera sized tennis ball. What they did is they got a really big tennis ball the size of a camera. And then they put then they a camera that. inside of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but it looks great. Uh, we got one other trailer for Priscilla, the uh, feminist answer to Elvis, I imagine. Um, and, and hopefully much better than Elvis. Hopefully much better than Elvis. I'm actually <laughs> quite a lot more interested in the feminist version of Elvis. Um, so this was by um, Sofia Coppola, Sophia if I'm Coppola. not mistaken. Yep. And yep. I, I was quite taken by the trailer. Like, almost instantly, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. Um, I haven't seen a lot of Coppola's work, this Coppola. Um, I've seen Lost in Translation, and, and I know you have as well. But yeah. that might be it, honestly. Uh, I don't think I've seen I mean, much of either Coppola, to be honest with you. But yeah, Lost in Translation is the only Sofia Coppola one I know. A movie that I don't like, but I'm still <laughs> excited for this one regardless. Yeah, um, and it, it definitely seems to be addressing some of the, the issues with Elvis and Priscilla, because she was 14 when she met him, and he was in his 20s. Uh, and I yeah. think, and she's, she's uh, Sofia Coppola's career has kind of long been addressing those kind of problematic relationships, uh, age gaps, uh, are kind of her thing. Uh, Mary Howard Antoinette is, such. Sure. yeah, Mary Antoinette was a movie she did with um, another Spider-Man actress. Kristen um, Dunst. Kristen Dunst, thank you. And Lost in Translation is also about that, so I think it'll be great. I'm super excited. Uh, but we watched a movie today. Uh, Aiden, do you want to sure tell did. me a little bit about it? So we watched the movie Extraction 2, which, as the name might indicate, is the sequel to Extraction. Uh, these were uh, these are some Netflix movies, you know what I mean? It was directed by Sam Hargrave, who I believe was a stuntman for the MCU, and that's how we kind of got this, because it is written by Joe Russo, who you might know of Infinity War uh, and Endgame and other such movies. Um, it is based on a graphic novel called... Uh, that's in a different language that I'm not going to try. Um, see you, Dad. <laughs> see you, Dad? Cool. Uh, and then it's pr- it is produced by the Russo brothers, Chris Hemsworth, and a few others, starring Chris Hemsworth. Oh, man, I did not look up names. I'm going to skip. Chris Hemsworth and some other you guys. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed to do that. <laughs> Cinematography by Greg Baldy. Uh, edited by Alex Rodriguez and uh, William Hoy. Um, yeah, it's it distributed by Netflix. It has a running time of 122 minutes. Uh, I don't have a budget here, uh, so I'm not really sure. It's because streaming but, is a lie, and it's yeah. a money pit where they just throw money into it and create expensive movies, and they're losing money until everything else is dead and Hollywood is dead. So uh, that's yeah. my. I'm very pessimistic right now. Um, but 
It's, uh, yes, it is based on a graphic novel, and I did some research on this. It's actually, the graphic novel itself was created by the Russo brothers and, like, oh, really? two other people. Yeah, oh. and so it's, they're adapting it to the screen, but they are the original creators uh, as well. And yes, you are correct, Sam Hargrave is a stunt director, which makes a lot of sense when you watch the movie. Um, so we have a game that we play. It's called Predacritic, and in this okay. game... There's a website on the internet called Metacritic where critics' reviews of a movie are averaged out of 100. If it gets 60 or above, it's green. If it's 80 or above, it's labeled must-see. If it's uh, in the 50s or to like 45, it's yellow. And if it's below that, it's red. We are going to guess where Extraction 2 lands in that metric. I've spun the wheel, and Aiden, your name has come up first, so you get first guess mm. at where this movie lands. Hmm. I'll be up front. I don't think critics are going to like this movie that much. Uh, but I don't I don't think they're going to hate it either. I don't think um I don't I don't envision like a crazy low score here. I do think a 50s is where we're landing likely. Mm. Um and uh, so I will guess uh, a 55. Actually that was the number that was in my head too. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm feeling good about 55, but put me in a tough position now. I could see maybe, just maybe people liking it more. I don't know. Okay. I don't want to waste too much time here, so I'll give it a 56. Um, sure. But does not necessarily reflect, reflect my own view of this movie. Extraction 2. Well, would you look at that? I was right. So it has a 57. Uh, on oh, we were Metacritic. close. We were right around there. Yeah, uh, we were right around there. I was I was feeling pretty strong about where we were guessing. Um, so with that, uh, as the winner, I get to go first for my yeah. uh, non-spoiler reaction, and you have a fun job later. Um, yeah. So, lo and behold, oh, yeah. here's what I think of this movie. I fucking hate these movies. I watched them back to back on two days um, and just like could not hold my attention for longer than five minutes at a time. Uh, it, was, it was like, it felt like homework to sit through these. Um, I mean, for the pod, it kind of is homework. Uh, you, usually I like picking movies that don't feel like homework. Uh, and this was... Uh, this is the choice by Aiden, uh, so I'm going to ask you about that. Um, but sure. ab ab about the movie itself, um, the action is fine, but I think for me what I needed is a much more compelling story because if the story's bad, there's no you have nothing. Uh, and so I had nothing to hold on to. Well, between bad story and the fact that Chris Hemsworth, his character has no character... Uh, there's there's nothing for me to to go off of and to want to keep watching um it's yeah so it's it was kind of excruciating i i actually did not finish the first extraction i fell asleep after some period of time which is rare for me i don't usually do that um they i don't know it's not like the worst thing i've ever seen i've seen some more offensive movies i think master gardener was worse uh, just based on some, like, sure. what felt like laziness in that. Like, I think, you know, they've structured something 
serviceable, uh, but that's kind of even that is maybe too complimentary. Um, the extraction franchise seems to be um, centered around, or like part of their marketing is that they create these super long one cut or no cut action scenes, and we'll absolutely be talking about that. I don't think that's enough to draw me in. Anyways, I, I thought this movie wasn't very good. It's just a lot of exactly what you think it is, and it does not exceed that. So there is that. That's what I thought about this movie. Aiden, what did you think about Extraction 2? What's your What's your star in Rex? Star in Rex. Right, I forgot about that. I would not recommend people go see this. <laughs> and I gave it a 2, which I might be generous, but I also gave 2 to Extraction 1, which... I, is definitely worse, so I don't know. I don't want to give it a two and a half because that's too much credit, and I didn't like it. So, sure. Yeah. So okay. Uh, so I don't like Netflix movies generally speaking. I am very pessimistic when it comes to all these streaming movies. I don't like the Russo brothers very much. I think they've tr- they've almost seemingly been trying to give themselves bad PR by saying some of the dumbest things about filmmaking imaginable mm-hmm. over the past few years. That being said, Lord forgive me, I thought this movie was fucking awesome. <laughs> and I had a great time <laughs> from start to finish. <laughs> oh, the, like, the story, obviously, obviously, like, the most generic thing you could possibly create. But that, like, the way that it doesn't even fully commit to doing it is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. So not only can I read this movie... As, a, as an action movie that legitimately has, like, s- stuff I really liked, I can also read it as a pastiche of narrative forms in action, which it is not trying to be, but nevertheless, I, 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 I am able to enjoy it based <laughs> on that level. I'll give you an example. I laughed so fucking hard when Chris Hemsworth is super injured, and we'll talk about this more, but he gets the call about the new job and immediately takes off his cast and starts doing push-ups. It's so fucking funny. And so, like, are they yeah. trying to make that funny? No, they're trying to make a serious action movie. But I actually appreciate that they have, they've committed so much to making this. Like, they believe in what they're making so much that, like, I actually like it. Okay, and so to get into things that I really liked... Um, there's just some cool things in this. Like, I, I, my marker of a good action movie, generally speaking, is am I, am I going like, oh, ha, like, am I making noises? And I sure was. You better believe I was. Now, <laughs> I will say, story's not good. And, like, I have a point about this, but there are too many times where... I do not give a fuck about these characters, really. I care about them enough for the action to be working on a story level. But I don't care enough to be taking these long pauses between action sequences. So I, I, I would really like those to narrow down, especially the second to third act transition is really whack. And I would say that, in general, that last part of the movie is, like, not, not what I want from this. Um, but yeah, I think Chris Hemsworth actually, like, gives me what i want from this like like he's carrying this in a way that i like um i oh there is also a hilarious thing where there is and this ties into the like inability to like like fully make the thing that they're doing which is really funny but it's just like it's just because they 
it's not because they don't care. It's just because they're like, yeah, I mean, like, we'll do it. And then we'll get to the other things. Like, they just, they care about other things more. Um, like, yeah. So, like, oh, but bringing it back to the point. Yeah, there is, like, some level of theme happening here, which I do appreciate. I did not expect that. They swerve out of it and don't finish it, which is very funny. But there is some level of thematic arc trying to happen here. This movie is a clear three and a half stars for me. I would recommend it. Had a good time. <laughs> three and a half is wow. This well, okay. Yes, we clearly have different views on this. Uh, now, Aiden, as the the loser of the Metacritic game, you do have the unfortunate task of recapping this movie in under two minutes. It's not hard. Are you it's up not hard. to the task? I sure am. Okay. Uh, two minutes on the clock. Are you ready, sir? Yep. Okay, here you go. Three, two, one, go. So we pick up right where we left off. Last movie, Tyler Extraction has been shot and fallen off a bridge. <laughs> he's fished out of the river, and then he's brought to like a facility where he recovers from it. He talks to his friends. He basically is sent to a, a cabin where he's like retired, and he's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? And then the people are like, I don't know. Like, Why don't you find a purpose? Why don't you like figure out why you're alive? <laughs> so, but then lo and behold, he gets a call. Uh, no, Idris Elba shows up at his house one day, informing him that his ex-wife's sister is being held in a prison with her two children because she's married to this drug lord who wants to control her. So Tyler Extraction, as his name suggests, goes to extract. They go over to uh, Georgia to this really crazy prison. They, uh, after a very, very, very long extended sequence, this is basically the entire first half of the second act, they break the family out of prison, they go to Vienna, it's kind of boring, they talk about shit, the son snitches on them, uh, and flip-flops a little bit, he's like, he tells the gangs where they are, so they come and attack them in this tower in Vienna, uh, basically, like, the family, the mother and the daughter wind up getting out, um, but the son is with the gangsters at the end of that, um, again, it's just, like, action stuff. Uh, oh, I forgot to say, Chris Hemsworth's character, Tyler Extraction, he kills the main gang guy's brother So the at the beginning, so he, like, has a particular vendetta against Chris Hemsworth. Um, yeah, and so, like, they, they kind of get away from that, like, fine, more or less, actually. They get away from the tower, tower extraction time. Uh, they're hiding out in the cabin. Uh, he, Chris Hemsworth is on the phone with the bad guy. They go, turns out he's strapped the son to bombs or whatever, but the son is a good guy in the end, and he turns on the bad gang guy. Chris Hemsworth kills the bad gang guy. Um, how the fuck does this movie end? Oh, and then they talk. he talks to Idris Elba, who sets up a third movie at the end. The Avengers Initiative with Idris yeah. Elba this time. Also, they go to jail. That surprised me so bad when I was oh, like, yeah, they do go wait, to jail. They're yeah. in, I was yeah. like, they're in jail? <laughs> I totally did yeah. not understand what was going I had to remi- remind myself that they're mercenaries, so they kind of act outside the law, I guess. Like, they're yeah. not supposed to be doing this. Yeah, it, it does make sense, but I was also confused. I was like, what? Because you never see that in an action movie where heroes just kill the fucked out of people. And like, yeah, they go to jail for it. But, yeah. Probably would have so been that's, better that's for him. too. Probably would have been better for him to stay in jail at, as the no. start of Extraction 3. That would have been so much better. Have him v- no, he's get Tyler visited Extraction. In... No, 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 no. Like, I'll explain. <laughs> okay, so he stays in jail. Oh, yeah, okay, I Extraction 3 sure. is a breakout. A breakout opening. Because he needs to extract someone. That could um, be cool. Anyways, yeah. 
So thank maybe you for he has to synopsis. extract his he has to extract his partner uh, Nick, who's yes. in another prison. That would be yes. good. Yeah. See, we should be writing the extraction movies. There is also um, there's a similar thing in this movie where it's very funny that the first movie ends with him like shot and he falls into the river, a la Skyfall, and in yeah, Skyfall, yeah, like he's helpful. James Bond has to like on his own like the appeal of that story is that like this guy who usually has all these supports has to like really prove himself by doing everything on his own he's battered but he's just fished out of the river in the first like five minutes yeah which is really funny why did yeah it literally basically. it does not fucking matter that that happened at all because it also doesn't come up later in the movie no no <laughs> The fact that he was completely weakened by being in a coma and had to go through physiotherapy does not matter. Yeah. He's not weaker see, in this movie than he was in the previous one. Here's where you and I are reading this movie differently. You're seeing that being like, that's bad writing. I'm seeing that and being like, that is hilarious. And I honestly don't, like, I don't want you to try and make, like, a really compelling story out of this. Because you're never mm -hmm. going to. That's not what this movie is. Give me, like, a baseline story that just makes sense. Try and put some kind of theme in there, which they do, but they swerve away from it. Um, and that's what, I, that's what I got. That's what I got. So Fair I can't enough. be that mad. <laughs> I, I still think that there's a better version of this because... A hundred percent. I'll For address sure. some of my, my bigger problems. One is that Tyler Rake is the most boring protagonist I've seen in quite some time. He has <laughs> no, no, no defining he has no <laughs> defining characteristics. Correct. You're correct. You're correct. You're correct. <laughs> I don't care about that, him. That, that's, He's just that's what <laughs> He's Tyler Extraction, though. He has a he has a he he's a war guide. He has to fix things. That is, that it's is so that funny is that you, dead. It's so funny that you're changing his name because his original <laughs> name is already so funny. His last name is Ray. <laughs> like what? You're telling you're telling. Are you telling me? Are you seriously telling me that when at the beginning? He is looking at a video of his wife dancing on the beach like, you're telling me you didn't <laughs> laugh out loud? You're telling me you didn't get any enjoyment from that? I don't, I don't know that I did. It feels very much like this is John Wick. It's like, like this, is, this is a, a post-John Wick movie. And so yes. we're watching our backstory, like why we need to care on phones still. And... Every time I was just like, man, this would have been better with someone like Keanu Reeves who could sure. sell me on like, sure. their persona, right? Like they have, even if like, like I wouldn't say John Wick has a super strong character. I no. still think Keanu Reeves sells the action way more than Chris Hemsworth. Mostly oh, because he, he, he hams it up and he does it like Buster Keaton. Like he's like silent film kind of emoting and like like it's all bigger than life right and i, think I will that say works this better. these movies are very much just a worse version of the john wick uh franchise which is actually yeah. one of the reasons that i wanted to pick it because not only is it a movie that came out this year which i think we should generally do we should generally do those if we can but also um it's also like it's like you said like you mentioned earlier it's taking on this new like smooth slick no cuts kind of approach to action which was very much like 
not definitely not invented by John Wick, but kind of repopularized in part by John Wick in the modern era. Um, and so, and I, what I think is great about these movies is that they're fun to watch because they do it to varying levels of success. Sometimes it's very bad. Like sometimes I think it sucks, but then other times it's awesome. Like, I actually think like there are some moments in this movie that we'll get into that. Like, like I was like clapping. I was like, this is fucking, this is exactly what I want from this. Um, but it's, it's good that you bring up John Wick because John Wick also doesn't have like the most compelling story and they don't devote that much time to like giving like a, a, a super in-depth story because they don't, it, that's not necessary. I agree. It's way better in John Wick. Don't get me wrong. The world building, the very, the variety of characters, it's definitely better in John Wick. What like tenfold, but like, I think that it's very funny that this is like the more mainstream, like almost like machismo, like machismo, like, like macho kind of like, um, like tr- almost translating like some Michael Bay sensibilities into the John Wick style, which I think is very, it's just fun it, to watch. Like it's just the the the, I can appreciate Extraction as just like being a product that wears its its influences so heavily on its sleeve, and you can see exactly where everything has come from. Everything is so archetypical in some ways. Everything is so clearly replicated in other ways. And it comes together in this, like, almost, like, campy, like, final vision for an action film that, like, I think is, like, just, a, for me, so fun to watch. I, okay, I could see it being borderline camp, but I will address, like, I do find that these extraction films are far more violent than the John Wick movies, and maybe even, like... Like, they seem to care less about human life than the John Wick movies. John Wick has a lot of killing. Sure. But it's usually, like, assassins. And he's not, he's not like, taking pleasure out of it. I don't know. There's something about it where when John Wick kills people, I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Good, like, yeah, get him. And then these ones, it feels more like murder or, like, slaughtering people. Like, it's, it's bloody. The first one... I seem to remember being more shocked by it, probably because I was new to this franchise. But, like, in the first one, Tyler Rake kills someone with a rake and, like, like shoves awesome. the rake in his eye. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's actually really nasty. And I know in both of them, like, like, as much as the drug people are getting killed, like, countless of not drive like like police people are getting like mowed down it's just like yep. this is a very violent movie um i do i'm not that. like <laughs> i'm not like a huge like stickler on that sort of point but man like it, sure. like, like you said it's the machismo of it all it's it feels yeah. very like this is okay i think is is the vibe i'm getting from it like these are people who are at war and what they're doing is justified. And I feel like yeah. that's kind of the message this movie has. Even there's like literally like that's what the theme is trying to tell you. There's yes. a point where yep. the ex-wife is like, you're a hero. What you do is yeah. good. And, and like, mean, I was like, wait, wait so what? fucking funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, let me, let me describe <laughs> the moment. Let me paint yeah, the picture. Yeah. So, Chris Hemsworth abandoned his dying child to go to war, and he's guilty yep. about this. 
as he should be. Yeah. And then his ex-wife, who is his ex-wife because he did that, uh, yeah. presumably, says, no, it's okay that you did that, actually, because your son thought that what you did was a good thing. And that going to war, like, he wasn't just, like, he wasn't Jake Extraction at that point. He was in regular war, I think. Yeah. He was was just going to Afghanistan, yeah. Which most people (laughs) these days agree is maybe not the most noble thing to do. And not in mainstream America. Yeah. Most people have turned on the army and what they do. And yet, I I guess it's Australia, so it's a little different. I'm saying. I'm saying in like mainstream American like mythos and and sensibilities, I don't think they have. Which I think, and I think this movie oh. is very much a product of that. Which is, and it's so funny though that they're Australian too. <laughs> like, like I don't know what the, the, I was like they went to Afghanistan. Like I don't really know what the deal is, you know. But this movie, this movie is so Amer- so American. Like, and that's what I mean. Where like it's like an unintentional parody. Because it's it's injected all these like so heavy handedly all these American tropes that are like clearly awful, and like that's what I mean. Like, there the movie is going one way. On some level, the movie is operating on the level of uh, these male characters have like a prescribed role that they believe that they believe or believe themselves to have filled, and that is what is driving them and will ultimately be their demise. And you're like, okay, yeah, like that's like it not saying it does that in a super intelligent way, but like so the kid thinks that he's supposed to be a gangster and so that's why he's conflicted. Yeah. The the gang boss is like I was supposed to be a man and protect my little brother and so I need to do that and I need to pay retribution. Tyler Rake was like, oh, I have to be the guy who goes and fixes things, and I have to be the guy who goes to war. Like, it's like these macho rules, and the movie, like, at the end, seems to be unaware that that's what it was setting up. Because in the very, because at the end of the movie, he was just right to do that. And so, like, it winds up, it reinforces that gender role, which is so fucking funny. The, The whole movie, it's saying that, like, like, maybe masculinity isn't all it's made up to be like maybe there's some toxic elements to that idea like the kid is like my mom is a liar and like i'm believing my dad who is a piece of shit right and he goes to his uncle who is another piece of shit and the uncle has been trained his whole life to look out for your brother like uh, there there was some line like like to last blood drops or something i don't know something along those lines where like you have to look out for your brother in like in violent ways to protect him because he was beat as a kid and all those things are shown as negative yet tyler rake (laughs) killing like hundreds of people in the most brutal way possible they even say like oh my god they're like maybe you need to like there's the bit where he's like you need to find why you're still alive like why you came out (laughs) of the coma and it seems to be hinting that maybe extracting is not his point of life like maybe he needs to go back but (laughs) like like perhaps perhaps he needs to learn that abandoning his child was the wrong thing and that maybe something he could go full circle and go back to the person he was pre-extraction nope extraction good But that's what I mean where it's like, obviously that's awful, but my, part of my appreciation for this movie legitimately is the fact that it's this unaware parody. Um, and so, like, it's also funny that it operates on the classic level of 
the like american trope of propaganda against eastern europe which is that like in yeah. eastern europe look how fucking brutal they are and look what they do and look at how their masculinity is but we're we're dads and we're dads who have to make tough choices and we go fight and sometimes that means going to afghanistan sometimes that means extracting like you know you know what i'm saying <laughs> i think like like that's sometimes it does just just I, I think that in a better world, this pro- movie probably isn't made. But that's not the world we're living in. And as long as we are, I can appreciate the production <laughs> of this. <laughs> I would say that, like, the Extraction series is definitely, like, American view of other cultures. And, like, yeah, well, the first one literally way. does, like... The first one does the filter, like, the foreign filter. Yes, yes, it does. It <laughs> does the, the orange filter on India. And it's just like, yeah. man, aren't the slums of India so bad? And it's like ridden with crime. And then like, yeah. again, like Extraction is very quickly becoming the franchise where Chris Hemsworth goes to foreign nation to save explicitly children from their drug dealing parents because they yep. can't look after their own children. Where like yes. the, the title Extraction is so vague that it could be anything. He could be extracting anyone from any circumstance, yeah. but it's this. It's this. They've created this narrow niche where they are allowed to operate. Like, I was thinking, like, you could extract, like, a nuclear physicist from North yeah. Korea, like, something yeah. completely different. Or, and they're like, or from, like, no, the this CIA. Is the- they're- yeah. They're independent mercenaries. It could be, like, the CIA, too. They could be extracting from, like, a, an American... Pr- they could be doing anything. And it's like, yeah. no, we're, we're explicitly in the market of extracting children from drug-dealing parents. Like, that's the only yeah. thing they can do. It's, it's quite yeah. funny yeah. that this is the sequel that they decided to go with. In the worldview of extraction, Western society are the stewards of the world who must take absolute control because no one else is to be trusted with their own children. With their own children, They're they're using children as, like, a symbol of innocence and a symbol of, like, toxic ideas and and a way to juxtapose supposedly bad cultural elements with supposedly good cultural elements suggesting that they need the good american culture to pervade all like it's it's so like the and that's the blatant propaganda of these movies is like so like it's i find it funny and i can't help but find it funny it's the cheapest and easiest way to get the audience to go along with what you're doing is i need to save a child right and they're like oh i can buy into that and who am I saving the child from? The worst thing imaginable. Drug dealers. <laughs> drug yeah. kingpins. People who do yeah. drugs. We like The lack of creativity is astounding. Um, yeah. But there's lots more we can talk about. What is the extraction lore? This is something I want to talk about. So you know how in Mission Impossible... They decided to make the the team like like it's part of the impossible the impossible missions force. Like there's an actual yeah. branch of the government where these guys the operate IMF, that yeah. has the the name of the movie in it. What is the extraction team? What resources do they have? They have an extraction no. train. They have a train <laughs> that they somehow got into this country that is just loaded with fake cars of guns and, like, slidey doors that we can use to defend ourselves. How did they get that there? I'm like, 
they have all yeah. the resources in the world as far as I'm concerned. What what is going on in extraction land? Yeah, I it's like I was watching this movie and I hadn't seen the first one in a long time and they do like a little bit of a recap in the beginning and I was like, thank God you're doing that because I sure as hell do not fucking remember what happened in the first one. Uh, and so the whole time I was thinking like, yeah, there must have been an explanation in the first one for for like what their situation is, but I don't think there ever is, is there? Nope. <laughs> but I that's mean, I also wasn't like, really paying attention, but I don't think so. Like legitimately, I wouldn't have cared if they tried to do that. So like I'm I'm also glad that they didn't do that. But like their resources seem to never end. Like for a group of mercenaries, they're probably backed by someone like where do they get the money for all the their shit they have a lot of shit like gear and like guns like those things cost money cars that are exploding they have a private plane they're renting out like super nice suites in buildings they have locations all over the world like who is paying for this i don't know (laughs) if they have a boss or if like some of them just come from wealth i maybe the the two the brother sister seem to have maybe wealth, like based on yeah the I think guys so. shirts at least I was like that seems like a rich person's shirt, they give sure, off where an they're air living. of affluence, maybe it's their thing, I don't really know are they I'm also, are they personally. supposed to be are they supposed to be from Dubai, because that could also be like they could be like one of like the like Petro State oh, maybe. Like, billionaires living there I don't know again. Contrary to the uh, John Wick franchise, they choose they actively choose not to expand the lore. They're like, no, we're pretty happy with the lore we've established <laughs> and the complete ambiguity of everything else. Um, and the, also, I, like, I don't, I don't want more. I don't want them to do that. To be frank with you, I don't want any going, more than what they have. You know what I mean? Like, and that's why I'm very wary of Extraction Three. I'm, I'm scared they're gonna try to build. I was a gonna story. say, and I. They're, and I don't they're want doing that. Something don't there. do that. <laughs> they're doing something with um, with uh, whatever with Idris. Idris Elba's character is. And I, I like that final line where he's like, um, <laughs> "You, I have a boss. So he is a boss who he works for. Finally, yeah. someone who we work for. And you're gonna, you're gonna love him or something like like he's yeah, like he's like clearly he's a hyping nasty up this character. motherfucker. And yeah, it's like, I think it's so funny. That means nothing to us. And <laughs> not only that, not only that, it means nothing to the filmmakers. I looked it up to see if this means anything. They're like, yeah, we thought that'd be a cool line. We have no idea what this character is. We just know that it'll be setting up something really scary for Tyler yeah. Rake in the next movie. Like, they have no idea what that means. That's like, yeah. for that's a TBD. We're going to figure this out later. Oh man, uh, that part made me laugh. That I was like, yeah. I'm, I am actually excited to see where we go from here because <laughs> this is getting even more goofy. Um, yeah. Now, uh, seeing as we're talking extraction, we have to talk about the main selling point of extraction. Uh, their infamous, or sorry, their famous uh, long one, quote unquote, one shot scenes or continuous takes uh, of nonstop action. So I think this one is 25 minutes, which tops their previous one, which was maybe 8 or 14. It was somewhere around there. So they they topped themselves by quite a bit. Um, I guess I'll hear from you first. What did you think about that? 
Sure. So I want to quickly foreground it by saying I don't like that they use it as a marketing tactic. I think that's dumb. As like this is like we're, we don't do that jump cut shit. We do we're we're gonna do this one or action movie. Like I think like that's a dumb attitude because it's like that doesn't mean anything unless you like put anything into it. Like if you're just doing a one or to do a one or then it's an empty art an an empty gesture that is lacking any sort of artistic merit. However. Taking the one at face value, I actually think this is generally quite successful for a number of reasons. I think compare it to, like, the one in Dungeons & Dragons, for example, I thought that one sucked. And I thought this one was much better. So I think that there are... So when we're talking about, like, a one it's not a real one because they have tons of, like, stitches and stuff. Like, they're, they're matching different cuts. And there were a lot of stitches that I thought were really fucking sick. There are some that are lame, where it's just like they see a character and they unmotivatedly pan across a wall, and so like yeah, and now we stitch. Like, and so there are some bad ones for sure, but there are actually some really cool ones. And there are some moments where, even right at the beginning, it starts at like the second floor of the prison, and it like kind of goes down and up, and then the camera is like almost passed down. Like it doesn't feel like it's rigged up. It feels like it remains handheld, and they like pass it down to like the the bottom floor, which is fun. Um, they have a few stitches that are, that are actually quite good. Like, let me, let me try to, um, I wrote some of them down. Uh, yeah. So there's some that are motivated by like a character is running. Um, for example, there's one where Chris Hemsworth like puts a bomb on a door and the camera goes in as if to be an insert. And that's clearly a stitch there, but that makes sense. That's like a motivated thing. Like the camera was following the action. He put the bomb in, we're coming out. We see the explosion like that. That makes sense. Again, it's a good stitch for me. Um, but then there are also ones that are bad. Yeah. So the main thing that I like about this though, is that there's clear cause and effect like action happening. Like there's still a clear attempt to, like escalate and make something that makes sense here so like for example when they eventually find their way onto the train we have one point see nick fighting these guys in like the engine room which is like a sick scene by the way like when when she like they're oh, fucking around yeah. she slams his hand down and scrapes it across the glass and she's like screaming as if she's like ah, ah like that's sick <laughs> and then no but there's a great cause and effect moment where we go away we come back the brakes are out and it makes sense because we just saw why that happened like and that's what i mean where it's like there's a clear escalation that happens and it and it makes sense that it happens like when tyler is trying to get through the prison crowd it's like at first he's kind of doing it uh he's trying to just like get through but that's not working they're starting to get out so he has to start using his gun as soon as he starts using his gun people start coming out on the back and he has to then he loses the woman and so he has to like change his plan a little bit he has to use what he has um so i like that about it the other thing i like about it there are just some insane things they've put in this like the transition to snorri cam within the thing yes, yes, which i thought yes. was super smooth and i thought i was like that's sick i was like that's fucking awesome okay and we I need actually to think, explain what that is yeah okay yeah so okay so snorri cam you might have seen before is essentially when um the camera is rigged to the actor and the camera is pointed at the actor and so it kind of like stabilizes the motion on them and it creates this like really wacky kind of thing where it happens in extraction two is when chris hemsworth gets like hit during the prison breakout and then he like falls he's hit in the, the head ground. with he's hit in the head with a brick and it's kind of yeah. like like he's he's dazed and so it gives this disorienting feel and he's like whoa and it gives the effect that like <clears throat> you're locked in the character's um 
perspective and the world is kind of like spinning around. Um, yeah. But I, I also was like, when did they switch? <laughs> like it was, it was actually very seamless. That's what I mean. There are the some, rig. I was impressed. There's some very good switches here and like so clearly like, but then there are some that suck where they've clearly, there's some where they've clearly done a lens change and they have tried to hide it with like some digital zooming and some adjusting. And the di- I think digital zooming in one of these wonders completely ruins a segment of it because it makes it so clear that it's not a wonder anymore and it, it takes you out of it. Like that was one of my big problems with the Dungeons and Dragons one as well is that like it's clear that there are like lens changes. There's another one in um, A Quiet Place 2 that does a lens switch. They use CG to do a lens switch like mid frame and it does it. I, I hate it. I think it sucks. Um, and so I didn't like that here either. Uh, but then there are, and then there are also some things where in close quarters, sometimes, particularly when Chris Hemsworth is fighting the gang brother, I don't like that. I think that that's, that's really kind of sucks. hard to follow. It's very hard to follow. The camera's kind of just like moving around wildly. But then I also think that in other places, it does close quarters really well. Like when Nick is fighting the guys on the train, like I already said, yeah, I like that. um, the, the sound is bizarre. Like, I don't know if you noticed that some of the sound uh, effects and editing are, like, a little off. Like, they just don't sound correct. I don't know if, like, it sounds like they're reusing a lot of the same sounds, and so there's a bit of that. Um, but there's some sick shit. When his fists are on fire and he's punching the that guy, cool. that that's fucking cool. awesome. That's <laughs> fucking sick. Um, I like that, like, we see a variety of things. I like when they're passing the camera in and out of the cars as they're doing the car chase. There are multiple moments looks, where I was like... Okay, I will say that looked bad because there's a lot of points where I'm like, I think they filmed the people on a set and then CG'd it into the car. Like, it looks... They look lit I actually, differently. I don't know what they did, but it looks weird. There's there's a bit of a problem, but I, I actually thought it was generally successful. Uh, I There are multiple moments where it does the thing that, like, I really wanted it to. Like, I love when Chris Hemsworth, like, cuts off the car... Like he comes in with his car and like hits and all the bike, hits all the bike biker guys. Like yeah, that's sick. That yeah. Nice. Like and and it's set up in a good shot. I think um, that like yeah. I mean during this one or like there were just a bunch of times where I was like, oh, holy shit, yeah. Like that's what I yeah. want you to do. I like uh, I like when it goes out and it has the helicopters on the train. I like all the train stuff. To be honest, I actually think the train stuff's quite cool. Um, yeah, I I generally train. like this. The extraction train is a great addition to the extraction lore. And I, I think yeah. I am kind of thinking that you're right that like not explaining it is almost better because it is yeah. quite funny for them to just have a train and then yeah. like just be like, yeah, they had a train, whatever. Don't don't worry about it. Um, I I do agree. Uh, I think I think it is. It's pretty good. Like, you know, I might I might want to kind of be a contrarian, but um the fact that they do limit the extraction oneers to like a specific beat, which is yeah. I've got the package and not stopping it until the package has been brought to safety or until a yeah, train it crashes, is I guess, motivated you know? to a yeah. yeah. So there's a, there's a point to doing it, and it's it is kind of cool. I do think that the stitching needs a lot of work. Um, there's some that are better than others, but there's some really bad ones. Um, I also just like, every time I see one of these, I'm like, man, cool. But also what if you just did it for real? And I know sometimes it's too long and it's without the, with, it's not possible. 
Uh, feature length movies almost never do that uh, if it's a one shot style. Sure. Uh, but I think for like like a long single sequence, I think sometimes I'm like, just do it, just do it for real. Uh, 25 minutes might be pushing that limit though. Um, I will yeah. say there are also some key times where I just wish the shot, it's like they wind up getting a worse shot than I think they would if they had just been cutting. But I, I still like the attempt. Like, I agree, it's a hollow act if you're just like, we're going to do a wonder. But, like, I st- it's fun. I can't help it. I find it fun that, like, we're going to do a 25-minute wonder. That's, there's something fun about that. But then there are some shots that I think suffer for it. So there's a point where Chris Hemsworth's head is leaning out the train and there's a tunnel coming up. This should be a really great tense moment where he needs to bring his head in and he's being, like, held yeah. out. But the framing, block his head blocks the view of the tunnel until too late like we don't see in like mission impossible for example the way they would do that is we would see the tunnel coming for like miles ahead and we would be it like seemingly inevitably moving towards it like holy fuck exactly. holy fuck like he has to move 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 but we don't get it because the framing is worse and so there's a little it's, bit of that going on too it's because because you can't cut away from the action to see that the tunnel is approaching which gives the audience a sense of tension, like an anticipation of what's to come. They know the no, tunnel I, is coming, but you could do that in a one-er. They yeah, I don't, don't think you have to do... I just, that's what I mean, where it's like, I actually think you can do it in a one-er really well. You literally just have to move the camera up. We just have to see both his head and the tunnel. Because I think, literally, I think Mission Impossible has done that exact shot, like where something is approaching and we can see like our character in the foreground and then in the background, that other thing is rapidly approaching. Like, it is a great shot in concept, and you don't need to cut away from it. It's just, I think that because they're trying to create this one, or, like, sometimes shots suffer. Like, imagine how, like, yeah. think about being on set and trying to make this work, and, like, going through each shot, and, like, how, like, the action scene that you and I tried to do. Like, think about how, like, we kind of got lost in it at a certain point. Like, we were just, like uh okay like this shot needs to do this like it it i i think that there's a certain amount of like if they if you if you're able to cut around then it just gives you more freedom to just like okay let's pick up and do it like this instead uh and i think that it it gives you opportunity to probably get better shots and so i and i think this movie is suffering from that a little bit yeah um i also think that the fact that they have to market these movies based on that because I think that speaks to how weak the story and characters are. There's not enough. Chris Hemsworth isn't enough of a star to sell this movie. He's about as, he's kind of as close as they make stars these days. There's kind of a problem where we don't make movie stars anymore. We make IP stars. So he's always going to be the guy who was Thor. Um, And so, you know, he's not enough to sell the movie. The story isn't compelling enough to sell the movie. And so we have to sell the movie on a gimmick. You know, we're going to do the 25-minute thing. And it seems like that's what was the selling point for this movie. We're going to make this Netflix movie. It's an action movie, and it has 25 minutes. Watch it for the 25-minute no-cut scene. Well, yeah. And I I think the broader point, like, the point of these movies is we're just going to try to make a bunch of sick action scenes. Like, that's the point, and we're going to fill in... Mm -hmm. We're going to fill in a story around that. Um, And so, like, they use... They use that to say, like, look, we're pushing the boundaries of action. Like, we're going to do shit that you don't see elsewhere. And in fairness, you don't 
see it elsewhere a little bit. But I agree that I, I don't like that as a marketing tactic. I think that you can just sell it on showing really good action and like making really good action set pieces that may or may not be oneers, but don't focus on like this one gambit you did. Like I, I don't like that. Yeah. Did you catch the moment in the oneer when he's on the train and the helicopter is firing at him and he takes cover behind a ladder? Did yeah. you see that? That was yeah, so that's awesome. Like, what is that going to do? <laughs> a ladder, by its definition, is mostly empty space. Like, I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, I mean, generally with the action, one thing that I had a problem with was um, spatial awareness. I found that when it actually more so when it wasn't a oneer, and you're cutting mm. between things, I was like, I don't know where people are in a spatial. A construct of the the set, you know, it's we are cutting between sure. people, throwing like shooting at each other. I had that. I was like, I, don't I had know that where during gunfights. Yeah, I yes. had that during gunfights. I didn't have that at all during fistfights, though. Like whenever no, it was no, like no. a close combat thing, I didn't have it. But I do agree with you. There were some points where I was like, and when they're driving too, when when the parkade thing happens, um, and like it, this all, is kind of like. It's this, that sequence. Is, that sequence, I yeah. think, was poorly executed. Yes. It's the first part of Act 2B where they have, like, the first part of the action sequence in Act 2B where the bad in, guys have come to the thing. We're at uh, Vienna. They're in Vienna. In Vienna, so, yeah. yeah. I, I agree with you. That one's not great. However, there's some a, a lot of other sick-ass shit that I did really like in that general broader uh, sequence. And so, like, when they go into the weight room, some of the yes. kills yeah. in that are fucking crazy. Like, but like there's like, some <laughs> there's some problems I still have. Like he he kicks the thing which brings the weight down on the guy's head. Yeah, which is sick. But also, I yeah. have no idea what he did. He kicked something, and it's one of those he things kicks where the it's like measure out. He the can, what? They, they all they he kicked like when you go onto the weight rack, there mm. is something that keeps it up. He kicked that out. So and you you are meant to disengage that when you're using okay. the weight rack so that you can use it. I think that's one of those things where like editing and like like a, a shot that it seemed too much like sure choreographed. You know, like I know I'm going to kick that. Whereas it's I didn't feel the discovery of it. You know, and so I was just like, oh, that seems cool, but also like I it didn't feel as um, earned, perhaps. Where I wasn't like following along with them it was kind of like, like the action moments are like i found this a lot actually where the movie is five steps ahead of where i am and it's not allowing me to kind of guess what's gonna happen and so it's less fun for me to watch right so the weight rack for example if there was a shot showing him looking at the thing and then deciding to kick it i'd be like oh i get it or like oh i'm picking up on so another example I have is, um, I, th I think it's when, it's, it was somewhere around when the, the girl is sliding off the roof, which I think was kind of mm -hmm. funny, um, and then everyone's on the, they're both on the roof, the bad guy and Chris Hemsworth, and I, I think it was the bit where he decides to shoot the thing, the glass, so yeah. that he can grab it. There was something around there where... I was like, I have no idea what you're doing right now. I'm just See, well, like completely I, lost. What I liked about that moment, though, is that it is a moment where it's like, I genuinely don't know how he's going to get out of this. And that's what I mean, where like, 
There's a, what too. I appreciate about the action in these situations is that I felt that multiple times where the escalation is actually good. Like they're get, they keep, they do this thing, but because they did this, like they're in this situation and how that they keep going into a corner and you're thinking, how the fuck are they going to get out of this? And it's not, they don't get out in like a cheap way. Like they get out in a way that also pays in a different way. And that's something that I like about these action sequences. Like he shoots out the glass, but that means he's hanging here. And that means he has, that means he's stuck. And that means the bad guy comes and it's only through like her awaking and like, you know, I mean like it, it ties together. Well, what I will say about the weight rack thing is that it might be fun if it does like an insert or something that like shows it from a different angle. But what I do like about the way they set that up is that they specifically as a shot, have a shot that brings the weight rack into a prominent part of the frame. The weight rack is taking up like half the frame before Mm -hmm. they do that. And so you get, you get to really see it. You get to see the weights you see, you see the plates on the actual rack. And so I like that. I like that you have a split second. See like the camera is clearly moved to show you that that's where they're going And so I think you can predict it a little bit. And I think that there's also a degree of like, you go into a weight room and you expect that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, so. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. And so like, there's a similar scene. um, It reminded me of a scene in the Punisher show. I don't have much to say that other than like, there's a similar like weight room scene where it's like, you go in and it's like, okay, I know what I'm watching. I know I'm watching the Punisher. I know I'm watching extraction and we're in a weight room with a bunch of goons. I know that there's going to be some weight room kills here. Um, there's a, but yeah, in the weight room as well, there was another one. I forget. Oh, the one where he ties the quarter on the guy's neck. And yeah, that was actually, and he he sends him flying. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else? There were some other good moments in the Vienna sequence. Like when this is in the trailer, but when someone shoots at the, him with the elevator door closing and it hits the door and he's still, and he's like, ha ha ha, you missed. Yeah. Also, like just based on like how the elevator doors closing, like, the person would have had to miss pretty bad. Like, that shot would not have hit him. It would yeah. have, in fact, been further away from his face because then it moves in front of his face. That's a small detail, but it was a cool moment, followed yeah. by the even cooler moment when the grenade and the doors open. Yeah, yeah. Pulls the pin of the grenade. That's awesome. That's an awesome moment. Yeah. I'll give him that. Um, yeah. Uh, what else? Um, I will say, like, just before that action sequence, we have maybe about 15 minutes of dreadfully Holy boring Holy fuck, it's so boring. Nonsense. It's so fucking boring. <laughs> I, I'm completely with you there. I've, I have, like, no defense for this part because I actually, like, I literally, I think I went on my phone, which I never do. Yeah. Like, no, I, both I, of I'm, these movies, I, I had to. I'm very good. Like, I, I refuse to do that in most movies, but I actually, like, I, like, opened Twitter for, like, two minutes, and I was like, wait, what am I, what am I doing? That was so fucking boring. Because and that's my point of, like... It's bad that's my pacing point of, and blocking, like, and writing. It's It just does not yeah. make it interesting. But I think it's such a simple fix of just... none. Of, there's not that much important stuff happens in those scenes. Make it two scenes. Make it two scenes, and we're on to the yeah. next thing. And you literally, you don't have to change anything else. The movie will be a bit shorter as a result, but like, and I, movie, I think that's completely fine. The, the movie could be shorter. It's two hours. And I was like, for this, yeah. I didn't need two hours. That, um, that can be five minutes. All we need to see is that the yeah. kid called and then we have to see a bit of our interaction with the sister, uh, just so that there's like some development there. And that's pretty much all that needs to happen there. So just do that like I, quick. I, I don't think, I think what they do is 
They go extraction, 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 and then they need to do something different, right? And so they yeah. they really just pull put the brakes on, and it's a it's a hard stop to a completely different pace, and it's yeah. you need to create some sort of energy instead of what feels like a dead stop for fifteen minutes. Yeah, um, and I think honestly, I will... like, even if you don't take out the scenes, I think there's other ways of doing that of just making there's ways of making dialogue scenes interesting and i think yes, maybe yeah. it shows the director's inexperience in that field he is a stunt coordinator because it yeah. the dialogue scenes feel very rudimentary of like we are sitting and talking c classic coverage shot reverse shot and it yeah. like when you have four of those back to back to back it's tough it's tough to it's also through. It's also that none of their like there doesn't feel like there's not tension inherent in what they're saying like the there should feel stakes to everything people say. Yeah. There's a funny thing where it's like the kid comes and confronts Chris Hemsworth and then I think literally like the next scene is them talking and the kid's fine and he's like, "Oh, you're right. I shouldn't have called. I shouldn't have ratted out my mom." And it's like, "Why did you just do that? Do one first of all, figure out what this kid is gonna do because he's just doing he's acting however you need to have him act mm -hmm. depending on the scene so figure out like what he's gonna do and then just do it once because we don't need we don't need three different scenes where he's flip-flopping within the span of 15 minutes like yeah th like like that's that's very pointless um and yeah like you said like in a better action movie even the di one of the th even the dialogue and the non-action scenes feel kinetic and like can be the best scene in the movie a great example is raiders of the lost ark which in a movie in which even the non-action scenes feel like they've been treated with such care and they feel so motivated and so like important and like they're captivating even when characters are just talking to each other um a movie yeah, that actually has a similar kind of ideology to what we were talking about in the beginning a similar kind of jing jingoistic american kind of thing going yeah, on. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah, it's it's uh not in great a, to in a different way, but yeah. Yeah. Um what else can we say about this movie? Um just kind of uh, like so there's there's yeah, yeah, you bring some of them. Yeah. Yeah, I can talk about like some of the things that I like as well. I think the beginning is hilarious. The beginning of this movie is so fucking funny. When he is at his cabin, like I already mentioned, he gets the call and he takes off his cast as if it doesn't even, fucking matter. <laughs> even before then, like, when, after they leave him with his cast, like, he closes the door or something, like, he grabs something with his arm, and like, isn't that injured? What did you do to it? Because yeah. you're using he's it like, right he's now. Fine. Uh, we then get the shortest recovery montage ever where he does like three actions and he's like, I'm good now. And then we're on the, and then we're on the truck on the way to the prison, which I love. I love that. That is something that I want them to maintain in extraction three. That's what I mean when I say like, they can't quite like they're trying to make like this, like standard archetypical American story, American action story. We've seen a hundred times character has to do this recovery thing. It's like an obligatory moment. And they're treating it as if like, yeah, it's an obligatory. Yeah. Like he has, to he's better now. So, so like, I love, I love, I love, how, <laughs> I love how hand waving it is. Um, I think I would appreciate also, if it came, if it came back somehow, like if in the, like you motivate that with the action, like he can't use his arm the same even, way or whatever, but 
even funnier is like seemingly no time passes. Like as far as <laughs> I can tell, that was a day. We spent one day no, working out and he's no, good. No, he did. No, yeah, seriously. Fair, like, it feels like they, a week they, at most. They do no? say it's six weeks. So they have given us a time. Oh, they said it? Six okay. weeks. Okay. Yeah. I agree with you that it doesn't feel long. <laughs> but I think that's just because that's he's not doing that much. And also in a good montage, we have to see him, like, fail at first. Fail. Like, in a good, say we need in a good montage, yeah. he has to, like, try and, like, stumble and shit. But he just, like, takes off his cast and then he starts, <laughs> he just starts going immediately. <laughs> and then in, like, three minutes, he's completely fine. And we do several versions of the same exercise where he starts off yeah. doing really good, better than normal people yeah. could, and then only gets closer to superhuman. Like, yeah. what? I thought you were injured. I thought you were in a coma. I thought your muscles were atrophied. He had, like, skinny legs. They had a body double skinny legs version of him for a bit. That's yeah. just absurd. Yeah, no, that, that that's hilarious. That's That's something I like about it. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Also, okay, wait, this actually, sorry, that actually reminds me, there's that bit where they're like, hey, Extraction, your whole life fits in a box, isn't that sad? And they hand him a shoebox with everything he owns, and then he ends the movie, and he's in prison, and, like, clearly, we've learned nothing. (laughs) We don't know. I don't know what the point of telling me that was. (laughs) No! (laughs) It wasn't like, here's your box of everything you own. Or here's something because important, right? It's so funny that the end, like like we've said, the end of the movie is that she's like, you need to find your purpose, the reason that you're alive. And his purpose is extraction, which is the so The thing he's been funny. doing the whole time. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I will say another thing that's that I did not like, where I was like, I was thinking this movie was hilarious, unintentionally for the most part. I was literally laughing like constantly, and then they get into a comp- they have a t- conversation about TikTok, where I'm like, "This is an ad. This is an ad for TikTok." Like oh, yeah. Nick and Yaz Briefly, randomly yeah. have a conversation where they're like, "I've been using TikTok so much," and then Nick is like, "Maybe you shouldn't," and then it ends with just like, "I'm not gonna stop using TikTok." <laughs> <laughs> you know what that sounds like? That sounds like? I think you should leave. That sounds like. <laughs> like I don't care. I'm gonna keep using it. <laughs> I would die. I would rather die using TikTok than live without it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, so I, like... I will sub. Sorry, yeah. sorry, you go. Okay. No, you go. Like Mine's how... a different player. Okay, I like how they they have to kill somebody in this movie to up the stakes, and they killed the guy who I know nothing about. I, I they don't kill care. Shirt, and that shirt guy, and and she's like, <laughs> no. She's wailing, and I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. It also factors, this factor, this is literally the point I was going to make, where, like, the second to third act transition is trash. Like, it sucks in this movie. When they go back to the cabin, and... Yes, they try to, they try to come, they try to propel us into the third act with his death, but it doesn't, because that doesn't actually up the stakes at all, because... They, and they literally, with a simple switch, it could happen as, like, he dies and Chris Hemsworth is like, ah, I'm gonna fucking kill him, and then goes to hunt him down. Like, that's still dumb, but, like, it works and it compels, it propels us into the third act. But what happens is, he dies, they go home, they're ostensibly not even planning on getting the boy. Like, it's like the boy, they don't even mention that the boy is still kidnapped and they don't care. We get like three or four or five scenes in this There's thing. So many. Again, I do, 
I don't care. Like, I don't give a fuck. It's too <laughs> long. It's too long of a transition. And what we need to happen here is they need to quickly touch base. And the beat of Chris Hemsworth saying, no, I, I need to get back. He also needs to be, like, forced. Like, at this point in the story, you can't have, you can't have the choice as to whether or not you're going to go fight the bad guy. And he it's... does. It's like, literally cause... so obvious. The fix is that you send Yaz to go after her brother. Like, yeah. like to, to make yeah. up for it, you know, to get revenge. And, and then Chris Hemsworth has, he has to do has it. To, yeah. It's like, come on, guys. Or, um, like, or like, I think you also have to have the bad guys. They have to be, like, threatening at this point because they're not. Like, we've just beaten them yeah. badly twice. And so, like, <laughs> like um, and so, like, and they did their forces are low. They don't know where we are. We could stay here infinitely. We don't think they're going to kill the kid. Like it would like, you know what I mean? Like it the phone like call eventually comes. Yeah. yeah. The phone call eventually comes where he's like, we have the kid, but it's like that. You, like they should know that. And it should be urgent the entire time. It, it should be something like I was comparing it to like a mission impossible movie, far better movies. Where I was, like, in, like, the sixth one, for example, it's, like, the same beat happens where, spoiler alert, pew, 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 Alec Baldwin... Have you seen it? Have you seen yeah. it? Yeah. It's been a okay. while, but I've seen Oh, it. yeah. Alec, but Alec Baldwin's character dies in the same beat. It's the same, like, save the cat moment where a character dies, end of second act. Um, and, but the character is now motivated by that and also propelled by the fact that they have a countdown. The bad guys are doing vague bomb things with a bomb, yeah, and they need to get to the other country really quick. Like, and so that it's like, it's they are emotionally propelled, but they're also just on a superficial level, like, they have to go stop it, because no one else will, and the bad guys are, are imminently about to win. Like, the bad guys have to... The bad guys have to end Act 2 with the upper hand in some way. I don't see how you do that with like otherwise like maybe maybe there are clever writers that are that are able to do that in a in an inventive way i'm sure it's possible but like this movie is not good enough to try something like that and so the bad guys need to have the upper hand at the end of act two and they don't yeah i maybe it's that if 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 the girl had also been captured for example like like something where the bad guys yeah because then chris hemsworth just arrives and slaughters them again and it's it's quite I, I, funny that the yeah. first time when he shows up to the airfield and he's got the grenade launcher, I didn't know that's what it was. So he's yeah. like <laughs> taking aim at the sniper, and I'm like, oh, it's a sniper. He's gonna snipe him. He's gonna reverse snipe yeah. the sniper, and then he blows the shit out of him. And he blows up the plane. And he's blowing everything up. I was like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah, There's it's like so funny that no why, subtlety. Why does he have to? He lines up him up in the scope as if it is a sniper, and then he. Because it's like if you were maybe hey maybe I'm wrong but if you had a if you were lining someone up in your scope does that not mean your weapon is pointed directly at them or more or less I, but if you were fighting <laughs> a grenade launcher would you not have to up the angle a little bit like don't you have to shoot higher look, in order for I'm that to work? I'm not gonna pretend work? like I know I don't know it's, it's just it was a very funny moment. It's very um, it is hilarious. But I will say I don't like this end part. I don't give a, I don't I didn't really care about what was happening at the end here. This action sequence feels uh like lame. It actually reminds me of like It is lame. Like when you get to, when you get to the end of John Wick 1 and he's just like fighting an yeah. old guy and it's like compared to everything I've seen, I don't give a fuck about this. Like yeah, you know what I mean? Right. And it, Yeah. 
And, and so I, de- I didn't like the like, end of this. It's a lot of... It's, it slows the pace down again, and it's mm-hmm. back to the themes that I don't care about and the character relationships I don't care about. And everyone's like, stop or I'll shoot, or stop or, or I'll blow up the kid. And so we have to, we literally have to come to a halt. Um, that's, yeah. that's pretty much all I have to say about this movie. How about you? Let me see if I had anything else. Let me, let me do a, a quick perusal. I guess we did, okay. we did get through our main points here. Um... Yeah, I, I think I have a bunch of random things that are that are funny. Like I said, the dead wife dancing, that's hilarious. Um, she's uh, not dead. The dead wife dancing. No, I, I, I know, but it's like... <laughs> it's the John but that's, Wick, that's like the, wife is dead. That's the, that's the thing that they're doing. Like, the, the ex-wife, dead wife is dancing. Like, whatever. That's yeah. very funny. Um, I like when he's fighting the brother in the prison beginning and he splits his hand in two. That's insane. Oh, that was so gross. Um, I hate when yeah. they do that. I hate when movies do that. Men did that too. Garland. Um, they also. Um, oh, really? Oh, I haven't seen that. I don't want to watch the movie. Yeah, they um, do a hand split. We also, we also have a bizarre phone walkie moment where the phone that Sandro uses to call his uncle is like a phone, like clearly an iPhone that's like taped to a walkie-talkie or something, and it's like, what is uh, that? I I think that must have been my guess was it was like a universal like a satellite link or something sure so that they can go anywhere or you know they're like mercenaries so they need special tech that works anywhere and maybe it's encrypted I just was like sure there's there's probably a legitimate reason that I do not understand I just waved that aside sure sure Uh, that's all I have (laughs) okay Um, (laughs) well we have a different segment Uh, Aiden why don't you tell us what it is yeah, so in case you haven't noticed, the podcast is called Predator vs. Movies. We've done the movie part, now it's time to get into the Predator. We ask the question, would this movie be better if the Predator from the movie Predator was in it? Um, I actually Fuck don't yeah. think so. Well, we disagree. <laughs> no, I don't I... think so. I think, I don't think, I think Predator makes this like, like what's going on here? Like, like, what's what's happening here? You know what I mean? You're like, looking at it from I, a I, realistic perspective. I'm seeing it as, I want to see <laughs> Tyler Extraction go up against Predator. And see oh, that actually, happens. that's fire. I want to see You're how right. that shakes right. out. Tyler Ray that's versus actually, Predator, yeah. I think, is very enticing to me. <laughs> yeah, because Tyler Ray is similarly superhuman. Um, Tyler Extraction, yeah. sorry. Yeah, so that actually, yeah, I agree. That, I think, no, you're right. I think Extraction 3 should be extracting a predator child from predator home world. Also, Idris Elba's boss, the nasty motherfucker, is, the is, all, is also a predator. <laughs> Everything yeah. is predator, because why the fuck not? Yeah. Oh, I think, honestly, Chris Hemsworth would do great in a predator movie. Here's my pitch. Yeah. Here's my pitch for a new predator movie. Sure. If we want to do another one that's set in the main, like not a spinoff, main continuity. Have what first... is the main continuity at this point? Like, what's it doesn't like, matter. is the, like Shane, just... the Shane Black one counts? I guess uh, you haven't seen the... it, have you? I haven't seen it, so it doesn't matter. But, like, what I mean is, it's a movie called Predator, so not a spin off. Sure. And it's it not Prey. Place... It's yeah, not. It takes place in the yeah, present yeah, yeah. day, which means different things. Sure. So, the originals took place in the present day, but it was the 80s. So, my, my right. pitch for New Predator, either. Oh, it, in the past could still be fun, but make it a Predator movie, maybe 80s. Start with Chris Hemsworth, and, but like do like a, a subversion, like maybe kill him off in the first 10 minutes. I think that'd be fun. 
I think ha- set yeah. up Chris Hemsworth as you're like Arnold Schwarzenegger, like I'm gonna kill this sure. motherfucking predator, and and then just like have him brutally murdered at the start, and then different unexpected character. I think that'd be fun. Um, It'd be fun. We have another segment called Predators Picks. Usually Peter introduces this one. Basically, we and we're say not talking we... about cameras. What? <laughs> Edward. Oh. Not, Predator's yep. picks, like pictures he's taken. Nice. Yep. Uh, nope, that's not what we're talking <laughs> about. It's what we've seen, watched, listened to, etc. Um, yeah. I have basically nothing because we recorded mere days ago, and now we're doing it again. We sure did. So I've I've literally seen Extraction one, and I think that's it. So uh, <laughs> uh, I hated even more than this one, um, and I could not finish. I think it was just so dumb. This one was dumb and fun in some way, so I actually was, I you know, I paid attention until the end. But actually, there's a good part of Extraction 1 where Chris Hemsworth beats up a bunch of children, like that scene in It's Always in, uh, Phil- Sunny in yeah. Philadelphia, where Mac and <laughs> yeah. Charlie are beating up kids, and it's really funny in that one. In that one, in, in Extraction, it's ironically funny. If you know it in like the meta textual way, sure. When you're like, yeah. oh, he's beating up children, <laughs> but like they take they take it a hundred percent seriously. They don't get the joke. Um, yeah, I think I think if I watched those movies kind of like as comedies, unintentional comedies, maybe I'd enjoy them more. Um, but I don't think I've seen almost anything else. Um, so I'll keep it short and sweet there. Aiden, have you seen anything? I did. I watched the first two episodes of season five of The Wire. Um, or The Wire. So, yeah, uh, great show still. I've heard that season five is not good in comparison to the other ones. Um, and I heard that one of the complaints is basically they introduce like a new group of characters that work at the Baltimore Sun at the newspaper. And I've heard that people don't like that plot as much, but I so far find it very interesting. And I think that it's a very natural place for the show to land of focusing on that as well because they've kind of looked at various microcosms of society and how they're similar how they're different the show is continuing to do that but with like newspaper and especially building off last season that has a lot to do with like the forces that um and the structural inequalities that um marginalize and oppress like these kids that are growing up in baltimore these black kids that are living in the um in the rough areas of Baltimore, particularly in West Baltimore, it focuses on. So I think that expanding on that idea and talking about like how things are represented and the way, like the mechanism through which that happens, the kind of stories that get covered, um, especially considering they talk a lot in the fourth season, a lot, a lot about like how expression self-expression is limited um, by these kids growing up in these, in these situations, like the molds and the archetypes that they, look up to and like the the types of things that they're allowed to become due to various pressures are is very narrow like they have that specifically one of the characters named has like um like big like long hair um that he every time they keep saying like no you have to cut it the police are going to recognize you that you have to cut it you have to be cutting it and he he has to cut it eventually and so there's like literally on a on a physical level there's like self-expression is limited by the ways that these characters have to navigate their lives um and so, like, that, that's, I think it's a good building up on that. Uh, it continues to be a very good show. 
Uh, yeah, excited to see how it ends. Cool. Um, well, next week, maybe, maybe we will finally do Asteroid City. Uh, I think everyone can do it, and it is available it to week. us. So, cross your fingers, listeners. I think maybe we'll do it. Uh, it does finally release in our uh, area uh, this weekend, but uh, due to certain circumstances, we can't all meet together. So, uh, next week, hopefully, we'll do Asteroid City. Very excited. Um, if you like us, uh, this podcast, check us out on uh, at Predator V Movies on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, on Twitter, we repost news and sometimes I'll put witty things. Uh, Instagram, we just tell you when we're uh, releasing stuff. If you like my thoughts on movies, you can check me out on Letterboxd at underscore Alice Gordon underscore. I leave reviews. Uh, you can also check me out on Letterboxd. I'm 810Sonny. That's 810-S-O-N-N-Y. My name is Wombo. I also leave reviews sometimes. See, I think what works very well is that I kind of lean it, leave it open-ended for you to finish it. It's, I'm yeah. letting you, it's like a run-on sentence where you're finishing the sentence and then you inflect down. I leave reviews yes. sometimes. I think that's why it works. Yeah. Uh, Peter, yes. do you have anything to plug? No, you're not here. That means, you know what that means. And it that means, means you have to leave a review. You, know, you know what that means. You have to leave a review. You have to leave a like, leave a star rating. It has to be five stars, by the way. And if you do, maybe we'll read it out and we'll love you unconditionally forever. Um, yeah. But basically what happens is if you leave a review and if you like it and if you tell your friends, that's how we get more listeners. And that's how we grow as a podcast. And, as and a that's community. the game, baby. That's what we that's want. The game. It's the extraction game. Um, anyways, yep. until next week, I've been Alex. I'm Aiden. Uh, no Peter. And <laughs> this was Predator no vs. Movies. No Peter. 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 Yep. No Peter.